So before we close out service today, I wanted to share a word with you uh, in hopes to encourage you this Christmas season, uh, because I know that for some of us, it looks a little different. You know, most of us, it's a time of, you know, celebrating with family, with others. But I recognize this morning that for some people, they might not have family to celebrate with. They might not have people to celebrate with. And so the word that God was stirring in my heart this morning that I wanted to share with you this Christmas season is that you are not alone. Everybody say, I'm not alone. alone. Yes, come on. And so I'm going to go ahead and open this up uh, with a word of prayer. So let's go bow our heads, close our eyes. Father God, I thank you so much for this morning. I thank you so much for the kids and all the hard work that they poured into this program. And Lord, right now, we just fix our eyes on you. Holy Spirit, we invite you in this place and ask you to speak to our hearts. God, we open up our minds. We open up our hearts to receive all that you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So how many of you guys have ever had a moment where you felt alone? Yeah, yeah, I I, I relate. I've been there. I felt that. And um, I know going into this year, uh, that was something I was a little afraid of. Uh, For those of you who don't know, my parents, they actually just made a huge move back in July all the way across the world. Uh, They moved to another country, the United Arab Emirates, and they moved to a city called Abu Dhabi, which is right next to Dubai. And what I loved about it is anytime somebody asked me about it, they didn't quite know how to say Abu Dhabi, so it was hilarious to see what would come out because it was usually gibberish. (laughs) Like, how's it going over there? But they just made that big move, so they were far away. Uh, My sister, she lives in Charleston. My brother lives in Martinsburg. So what this year meant for me is that for the first time in my life, I was going to, I didn't have anybody to come home to. Like I was alone. And the reason this was afraid because, or the reason I was kind of had this fear of being alone is because I always had somebody to come home to, you know, to share the good days, to share the bad days, you know, uh, to share the stories just about what was happening. But for the first time in my life, I wasn't going to have that. Now, the reality was, is I had someone, his name is Jesus, and that's what we celebrate in the Christmas season. This is what Jesus came for, is so that we could have unlimited access to the Father, that we could experience an intimate, deep relationship with him. You know, and the awesome thing about this, too, and what Jesus did for us, is that he is with us always. In Matthew 28, we see the Great Commission. He gives us this great mission, but then he ends it in verse 20 by saying, I am with you always even until the end of the age. Everybody say always. Always. Yeah, it doesn't say sometimes. It doesn't say a little bit. It doesn't say when I want to. No, it says always. He always is with us and he desires to be with us always. And I don't know why, but I remember this time from when I was a kid. uh, And I'm not sure, you know, you just have those random memories that that come up every once in a while from when you're a kid. But uh, I can't remember where we were, if we were at Valley Worlds of Fun, if we were at a water park or where we were. I just remember there were sets of lockers. I was there, and maybe I was putting something in the locker. I can't quite remember what I was doing. I just remember one moment my family was there. The next moment I turned around, and they gone. They were gone. I was like, oh, no. And, of course, being a kid, I freaked out. I immediately broke down. I was like, ah, like, where's my family? And, uh, you know, freaked out completely. And it turns out they were there the whole time. I just couldn't see them. They were on the other side of the lockers. And so it makes me wonder, how many times in life do we feel like God's not there? We feel like he's not near us, but in all actuality, he's just on the other side of the lockers. That there might be lockers hindering our view uh, from seeing that God is truly there. And for you this morning, lockers can be a whole number of things that can be hindering our view. 
You know, one thing that's very difficult to walk through, that's a thing that can cause you to feel super alone, is divorce. That's a super difficult thing to walk through because the people you thought that would support you don't. And so that could be a very difficult time. Another thing, thinking about the Christmas season, is a lost family member or a close friend. You know, going into this Christmas season, for some of you, it's the first time you're going to experience a Christmas without somebody. And that's a hard thing to walk through in this season. Uh, maybe for you, it's a job. Maybe, you know, come this year, maybe you lost your job, or it's just not where you want to be right now in the season. Or maybe it's a broken dream or vision. You know, you've been believing for something, you've been dreaming for something, even got to where you took action. You were uh, making things happen, and then maybe it failed. Maybe something didn't work out. Maybe for you, it's singleness. <laughs> that could be a locker that can hinder your view. Let me tell you. <laughs> I'm not speaking from experience up here. <laughs> but this is something that can hinder your view because your focus is on finding the one instead of the one. That's what our focus needs to be on. But it is. It's a difficult time, especially when you're on the gram or on Facebook and you see all your friends posting all these cute Christmas couple pictures and having babies and all that stuff. But you know what? God is good, let me tell you. So, uh, yeah, so the lockers for you can be a whole number of things. I don't know what it is maybe you're walking through this morning, what uh, you're dealing with. But what I do know is that the enemy tries to use these lockers to hinder your view so that you can forget that Jesus is with you. Because he knows that if you remember that Jesus is with you, that you have the authority with you, that you have the peace with you, that you have the love with you. So the enemy knows if he can hinder you, if he can isolate you, he can manipulate you, deceive you, and hold you from reaching the potential that God wants you to walk in. And so that's why this morning I'm hoping to provide some encouragement here for you, that you are not alone, that he is right there with you. He might just be on the other side of the lockers. And so in 1 Peter 5.8, it says, stay alert. Everybody say, stay alert. stay alert. It says, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. So the enemy's out there. He's always on the hunt to get us isolated, to feeling alone and discouraged. But what I love about this verse is it says, he prowls around like a roaring lion. That means the real roaring lion is on the inside. If you have Jesus on your heart, the real lion is on the inside. So everybody, let me hear your roar this morning. Roar. Yes. Some of you are stronger than you think you are. You got a lion on the inside. You got great strength on the inside. And right now is the time, I hope in this season, that we can just begin to walk in the, the strength that we have in Jesus, recognizing that we have the authority on the inside. Because the reality is, the only authority that the enemy has over you is what you give to him. Because all authority, remember Matthew 28, 18? He said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. This is Jesus speaking. So all authority is in him. Not some authority, not a little bit, all of it. So you have all the authority in Jesus. And so again, you've got the authority. You've got the victory in him. We just got to walk in it. And so the, the reality is, is that God doesn't desire for you to remain in a place of loneliness. He doesn't uh, desire for you to remain in a place of discouragement. Now, that's what the enemy wants. John 10.10 10 says, The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Christ came that we may have life and life abundantly, that we may have life and life to the full. He doesn't want us down in the dumps. He wants us to experience the victorious life that he has for us. I mean, he has good plans for our life, and that's what he wants us to experience in a story that I love in the Bible 
uh, is a time where there was a man, he got discouraged. He got himself caught up in a little bit of fear. And what I love is how God, uh, or yeah, I love how God responds to this moment. It really shows the Father's heart for us. And so this, this story even takes place in the Old Testament. So this isn't even New Testament time. At that point, God was only with certain uh, people. But like I said, Christmas time is a time we celebrate the fact that Jesus came so that everyone could have access to God always. Everybody say always. always. Yeah. And so this story is a, the story uh, about a prophet Elijah. And so basically, Elijah, he was an awesome dude. Let me tell you what. Here's what happened. So... Uh, at the time, there were rulers over Israel, King Ahab and Jezebel, and they were mean people, okay? They didn't do good things. <laughs> they were leading people to the false gods of Baal. And so what Elijah was doing is he was there, and he was bringing people back to the one true God. And there was no question, no question that God was with him. I mean, God made himself so evident. You see, Elijah, what he was intentional about is he showed up. And sometimes that's all we have to do, because when we show up, God shows up. And so I love what happened because Elijah, he showed up. He did these things. And <laughs> I mean, he even had a competition with uh, the, the false gods of Baal. They built some altars and he called down fire from heaven. And let me tell you what, straight fire came down from heaven. It was awesome. God showed himself in that moment. And then he prayed for rain and rain came. So, I mean, it's not a question that God was with him, right? Yeah, God was with him. God was with him. But what happened is as Jezebel got really angry, <laughs> she got really frustrated because he was leading people back to God. And so what she did is she sent a messenger to tell him, hey, I'm going to kill you. Like she, <laughs> she was not happy. And so she sent this messenger. And what happened is he got to this place where he caught on the fear. He got discouraged. It was almost like he had these lockers that began to hinder his view. Like one moment he was courageous enough to come, like fight against the other God, like, hey, watch, God's going to show up. He took this huge, courageous step, and in front of all those people, God showed up. But then in this moment, it's like lockers began to hinder his view, that he forgot what God had done. And so what he does is he flees to the wilderness. He goes over there, and he falls asleep. <laughs> but before he falls asleep, he prays. How many of you guys ever prayed and fell asleep at nighttime? Yeah, I've been there. <laughs> But he goes and he, he prays and he seeks after God and he says, I have had enough. Like he was at a point where, you know, he was just ready to die. Like the, the Bible points this out. Like he was literally at a point where he was just ready to give up. You know, it was so difficult for him. He was so overwhelmed with discouragement and he just wanted to give up. You know, some of you maybe here this morning, you relate to that. You know, you're in a place where you're like, man. I'm just so tired. I've been working so hard. I've been trying so hard. Uh, I've been working so hard in my relationship with God, but it just feels like he's so distant. Like you've just kind of gotten in this discouraging place. But what I love is how God responds to Elijah in this moment. Because God could have gotten angry at him. He could have been like, all right, listen, bro. Did you just see what I did back there? You pray for rain and it came, okay? You pray for fire and it came. You think that this, which I do have to give Elijah some credit. She was the queen. She had a lot of authority. But again, where does the true authority lie? In Jesus. All authority. And so, uh, so yeah, so God meets him there, comforts him, sends an angel to wake him up, gives him some bread and some water, takes care of the practical needs. He falls back asleep, then another angel comes, wakes him up, feeds him again, and says, this is going to give you strength for the journey ahead. And so what I love about this, again, is just the Father's heart that God even cares about the little things. 
Like he took care of his practical needs. Again, like I said, he could have been angry. Like, do you remember what happened back there? But no, he just had this compassionate heart towards Elijah. He loved on him in that moment, took care of those practical needs so that he can get back on the journey that God had for him. And so with all this being said this morning, my hope is to encourage you and challenge you with this, that when times of loneliness come, when lockers are blocking your view, when you feel like God isn't there, I want to share practically what I think you should do. So you guys ready for it? Come on now. First step, seek after God. I feel like this is literally a point in every single sermon (laughs) that I I preach because it's just so crucial. It's so important. If we could just get that step, because a lot of times our like reaction or the way that we want to respond to a situation is to seek after something else. You know, it could be to seek after a cigarette. It could be to seek after Netflix. It could be to seek after one of these things, but there's only one place that you're going to find complete and total restoration, complete and total fulfillment, and that is in Jesus. And so seek after God. That's the most important thing right there. If we could just seek first his kingdom, live righteously, all these things will be added to you, unto us. That's what Matthew 6:33 says. It says, seek first, not seek last, not seek when you feel like it, not seek sometimes. Seek first the kingdom of God above all else. And so everybody say, seek after God. Seek after God. Yes. Second one would be trust in God as your true source. Because again, he is the only one that can completely satisfy us. In John six thirty five, it says, Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. You see, contentment is only found in Jesus. You will never be satisfied unless you take uh, the, of the bread of life. Nothing else will fulfill you and nothing else will meet the needs you have. And so everybody say, trust in God as your true source. Come on now. I love it. (laughs) All right. And so the next thing would be to attend church and surround yourself with godly community. This is such an important thing because, again, the enemy wants you in isolation because he knows that's when he can further deceive you so that you don't believe who you truly are in God. He knows that in that place that he can further discourage you. You know, community is so vital in our relationship with God. It's so vital on staying on the path that God has for us because in community, we have accountability. You know, Proverbs 27, 17 says, As iron sharpens iron, so a person sharpens a friend. First Thessalonians 5, 11 says, To encourage one another, to build each other up. In community, not only do we get sharpened, but we can find encouragement. We can build each other up. And so this is why community is so important. Because they can help you recognize and identify if there's lockers hindering your view. They can help you get back on the right mindset, the right focus. And so community is vital. So everybody say, Attend church. I'll just leave it at that. (laughs) But it's further than that, okay? Community is also outside. But number four would be remember that and remind yourself that God is with you always. Because again, the enemy wants you to forget that. Because where is the authority? In Jesus. In Jesus. He wants you to forget that. And so one thing I, I remember from back when I was in Bible college, we were in this class. And our teacher, he told us to just imagine Jesus, like close our eyes and picture Jesus there and see what he did with it. And I remember I closed my eyes, and and what happened was I began to see all these flashes of different moments in my life where I was discouraged, where I was defeated, where I felt like a disappointment, where I felt like I failed God. But what he showed me is that he was there in every single moment. And so what I want to encourage you with this morning is you are not alone. (laughs) He is with you always, even until the end of the age. Everybody say, always. Always. 
yes, he is with us always, even until the end of the age. And so I want to go ahead and I want to give an opportunity this morning because there may be some people in here this morning that you've never experienced that relationship with Jesus and you want to experience it. I mean, what better time than Christmas, the time we celebrate that this is when he came. He came so that we can have relationship with him. And so maybe you're here this morning and you've never given your life to Jesus before. You've never experienced a relationship with him and you want to do that. Or maybe this morning, this is also a great time. The Christmas season is a great time to recommit your life to Jesus. And so maybe you're here this morning and, you know, you feel like you've kind of fallen off the path for a little bit. Maybe you've had some lockers hindering your view, but you want to get your view back. You want to get back on the right path. I want to offer that opportunity this morning. And so let's go ahead and do this. Let's bow our heads, close our eyes. If you're here this morning and you've never received Jesus, you've never experienced that relationship with him and and you would like to experience that today. Today's your day. Today's the day of salvation. I mean, why wait? We're not promised tomorrow. We're not promised tomorrow. And so there's no better day than today to begin walking in peace, to begin walking in joy, because these things are found in relationship with Jesus. He is the bread of life. He is where we can be completely and totally satisfied. So if you're here this morning and you've never accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, and you want to do that today, if you could just pop your hands up. Awesome, awesome. Secondly, if you're here this morning, and you want to rededicate, you want to recommit your life to Jesus, I believe today's your day as well. What better day than the Christmas season to say, as we focus this attention back on Him, to get your life back on the right path, to begin to experience again that peace that we find in Him. You know, I love that song Jensen sang, Peace is here for you. It's found in Jesus. And so if that's you this morning, I just want you to shoot your hand up right up in the air. I see those hands. Awesome. Awesome. But then last but not least, I do want to extend one last thing here this morning. You know, maybe right now you're just kind of walking through a lonely season. You know, you've been having moments where you feel discouraged. You've been having moments where you feel defeated. Maybe even to the extent where you relate with Elijah, where you're like, I'm ready to give up. You know, whatever it may be, what I want to tell you this morning is don't give up because God has incredible plans and purpose for your life. He has placed you here on purpose for a purpose, and he placed specific things in you for a purpose. And so if you're here this morning, you're discouraged, uh, you're walking in a loneliness season, and you just want prayer, I want you to shoot your hand up. Awesome. I see those hands. All right, so now what I'm going to do is I'm going to say a prayer, and I'd like everybody uh, to repeat it after me. Heavenly Father, right now, I fix my eyes on you. Thank you for sending Jesus. I believe in what he did for me, that he's my Savior and my Lord. And I believe in my heart, God, that you raised him from the dead. And in him, I have the authority. In him, I have relationship. And so right now, God, I want that relationship. I want to be close to you. So Lord, come have your way. I'm all yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, Jesus. I love it.